Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life with another episode of Live on Purpose Radio. Occasionally, folks, I get a chance to scour the globe and look behind rocks and trees and find some hidden treasures, and I've got one today. Joining me today is Cindy Jacobson. Cindy is an influencer. I'm going to start with that. She's got a podcast called Find the Fire. We'll probably talk about that in a little bit. She was introduced to me by one of our mutual friends who is working with me on the YouTube channel, and I am just thrilled to welcome you to the show. Welcome, Cindy, to Live on Purpose Radio. Thank you so much. I really appreciate being here and appreciate the connection from our mutual acquaintance because I feel like we're kind of in alignment with with how we think on life, you know? Yeah. Life can get life can get tough and what are you going to do with it? So life can get tough. You say that in a way that is <laughs> such a summary statement of a huge journey that you've had in your life. And I love at the beginning of these episodes, Cindy, to just give my guest an opportunity to share a little bit of their story. Tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're coming from, and what your journey has been. And then we'll figure out what you've learned from How, how much time did you say we had? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if we have time for all this. The short <laughs> version, I promise. Okay. Well, we'll give the, the highlight reel for sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, my name's Cindy Jacobson, as you said. I was born in Mesa, Arizona. That's where I met our mutual acquaintance. Um, I moved to St. George, Utah when I was eight. And, you know, we had just kind of a single mom household and had a couple stepdads coming in. At one point, we had a stepdad with seven children. So with his seven and our five, there was 12 kids in our home. And um, at one point, you know, you can imagine what a blended family might do, especially when there's teenagers and lots of feelings and emotions. And um, so at 16, one of the, the step-siblings had gone to the school counselor and turned in some of the stuff that was happening at home. And we were all taken out of the house and put in foster care when oh, I was boy. 16. And at that point, you know, I thought I was an adult and I had life planned out. I you know, was moving out at 18 and had everything just locked in, I thought. And then my whole world was just turned upside down and uh, went into a severe depression. Um, Went and lived with my dad for a minute in Las Vegas with his wife and my stepsister, and that didn't work out very well. Um, so came back to St. George, was put back in foster care. And my uh, second set of foster parents were amazing. The first set didn't want to be foster parents. I was kind of forced on them. But the second set was amazing, and they really changed my life. They let me realize, like, <laughs> the way I grew up, I had pictured at 13 that I was going to live off welfare. I would have three children. I would live in a trailer and we would go visit their dad in jail on the weekends. And that oh, was boy. what I envisioned. And I thought that was okay. Um, yeah. So, so being in foster care, even though it, it really set me into a deep depression and changed a lot of things It changed a lot of things for good as well. Mm. Um, so, so getting out of foster care, 
Um, I immediately got married within a week because what do you do at 18? And, you know, you, you, they kind of boot you out of the system and you have, you have nowhere to go and, and no money to do it. So, so got married uh, three weeks after I turned 18. And um, we put ourselves through nursing school and we also became foster parents, the youngest foster parents at the time. We were 19. Um, wow. Yeah. So I had a vision first to be a police officer because my best friend growing up, his dad was a sheriff. And so I looked up to him and um, went through the police academy. And that was that was awesome. I loved that. Um, but as soon as I was done with that, I realized I don't want to be now I want to start a family, right? Because my career is dialed in and like, I don't want to start a family and put myself behind a gun being pregnant or being a mom. Um, so, well, and let me say too, I was working at the hospital while I finished up my police academy and there was a nurse there that was a foster parent and her uh, foster son would come in and visit her. And I'm like, you know what? My foster parents changed my life. I could see the impact she was having on his life. So that's why we chose to become foster parents as well at such a young age. Um, and we had, I believe, 14 or 15 different foster children over seven years. Um, lots of great experiences, lots of trialing experiences. Um, but overall, you know, it was really, it was good for, for me for healing my heart. And also each one of these kids, except one, has come back to me since and told me what a great influence we were on their lives. So that was, wow. that was, you know, that nice to hear. And, and most of them are doing well. There's one, her name is actually the same, our, our mutual friend here. It's her same exact name and her same spelling. And I just love it. So, um, yeah, so all that then, uh, went through nursing school, decided to become a nurse and uh, worked in surgery for seven years and loved that. And then went to the newborn ICU you because my first child was born um, two months early and I'm like well I love surgery but if I ever leave surgery it would be there because I loved uh, the nurses there and uh-huh. everything so I, I did go there um, and then had two more children while I worked there and my third son was also in the newborn ICU and he had pneumonia and came home after five days completely healthy happy um, and at four months of age, he passed away to SIDS. Oh. Um, yeah. And I was, you know, working as a charge nurse in the newborn ICU, and I saved babies' lives for a living, and yet I couldn't save my own son. Your own. Um, yeah. So, you know, after that, it was, do I go back to the newborn ICU? What do I do? But I did. It was very healing as well to work with the babies and, um and do that. Um, but a couple years later, my husband who had been struggling with mental illness already after we lost our son, just really went, uh, took a downward dive and ended up taking his own life a couple years after we lost our son. So, uh, then here I am a single mom of three, a widow and lost, lost a child and working to support all of us at that point. Um, and I just kept going, you know, just kept going, kept going, kept going, and didn't ever slow down. If you stay busy, you stay ahead of the the pain. Um, at least that's what at least that's what my mind told me mm. until it caught up to me. Um, and I went through an adrenal crisis, which is cort- cortisol is your um, 
fight or flight hormone. Yeah, so I was always, yeah, I was always in that mode, right? My whole life, it was always fight or flight and didn't ever slow down to, to take care of me. Yeah. So I went through this cortisol crisis and they, they couldn't find it. They didn't know what was wrong with me. I just felt like I was dying. And if you look up cortisol crisis, that's impending doom is like one of the top, the uh, top symptoms. And they just couldn't find anything wrong with me until I had a nurse practitioner that I worked with in the NICU and she moved on and got her uh, nurse practitioner license. She was my, my primary care. And she would stay up at night, she would pray, she would have groups of her doctors, like going over all my labs. And, and uh, finally, like I was, I had, was in and out of ER four times. And they kept telling me there was nothing wrong with me. And, and I couldn't even lift my head off the pillow. So, um, but I like to crack jokes, because that's how I get through stressful situations. So, yeah, sure. so this whole time I'm cracking jokes, and they're like, okay, this, there's nothing wrong with this girl, because she's, you know, laughing or or smiling or, mm -hmm. or just, you know, um, so she, this, so at one point I'm like, okay, that this is it. Like, there's no more life left in me. And if I'm going to pass away, then I'm going to do it having fun with my kids. And so I decided to take them to Disneyland, which I know sounds crazy being that I couldn't even get my head off the pillow, but I'm like, I'm going to go to Disneyland and I won't make it home. I'm not going to make it back to St. George. And on the drive, this nurse practitioner calls me and she says, Cindy, where are you? And I said, I am in Nevada. I'm headed to California. And she says, you need to turn around right now and get back to the ER. And I said, no, I won't do it. I said, I've been in there four times. They treat me like I'm crazy. And if I'm going to die, I'm going to die having fun with my kids. Um, so, so anyhow, long story short, I, she called me in a small dosage of steroids to get me through and get me home. And, and get me treatment and um and then i was told i was going to be disabled the rest of my life and i was i was bed down for eight months i was disabled by social security which is hard to do if people have tried to do that and i didn't want to i was fighting them and they were like look like you cannot go back to work um but what my attorney finally said to me and she's like look cindy this isn't for life if you can if you can get better, then you can take this diagnosis away. And so that gave me a little glimmer of hope. I'm like, because I was fighting them and that was burning out more of my cortisol, you know, so it was right. keeping me sick. Um, so at, at that point, I was bed bound, disabled, um, and just trying to fight for life. And I was 36 and had three small kids. And I'm like, they've already lost a brother. They've lost their dad. They can't lose yeah. their mom too. Right. So, so then I just, worked with my uh, naturopath doctors and my doctors and and worked on healing to where I could you know be be healthy again and I'm now off they told me I'd be on steroids the rest of my life um but I've been off of them since, for five years now and uh yeah just so I I didn't go back to the hospital because that was a big stressor for me mm -hmm. and I realized like my cortisol was very uh, fi um, fine, fine tuned. I only had a certain amount. So, so I was doing real estate too at the time. And so when I was able to get out of bed, I just started doing more real estate and it was great. I love it. I love real estate. I love supporting my family that way, but I also missed the compassion part of nursing. Yeah. Um, Cindy, so, I'm noticing something as you share this story. Yes. 
It's, and I realize this is even the short version of the story. <laughs> yeah. But you've, you've summarized for us a life that is full of all kinds of experiences. And mm-hmm. the challenges that you've had brought you to a point, I, I had a thought as you were bringing us up to this particular point, that you got another shot at this. You've, yeah. And I talk to a lot of guests who feel that way, like they got a second opportunity to take on life or to do something meaningful. And as we come back from this break, I know that you're, you're getting to where this has led you. <laughs> and, and that's an important part of the story. So when we come back from the break, I want to, to create that hope, maybe for anybody who's listening and they feel like their life is just a constant series of beatings, right. which you've experienced. Definitely. And there's hope beyond that. So when we come back, folks, we're going to dig into that with Cindy Jacobson here at Live On Purpose Radio. We'll be right back. Are you ready to take your positivity to a whole new level? I've been enjoying these conversations with my guests at Live On Purpose Radio. My own story about becoming more positive is something that I've shared in my book, Pathological Positivity. And right now, I'm giving the book away. You just pay for the shipping. Go to drpauljenkins.com, spelled with a D-R, and click on the big orange button right there that will get you a free copy of my book. You pay the shipping, I'll pay for the book. Sound like a good deal? Power up your positivity and get ready to see phenomenal changes in your happiness, your relationships, your business, every aspect of life. Enjoy this free gift from me, drpauljenkins.com. And we're back with Cindy Jacobson at Live On Purpose Radio today. Cindy, you've shared a story that sounds familiar to me, not because the specifics are familiar, because everybody's story is a little different. But the themes are very familiar. That life can hand us challenges that we didn't expect. Uh, Sometimes it'll beat us up a little bit. And then I think we're in a position where we have to choose what we're going to do with that. You were just getting to this part of the story as we we hit our our break. Yes. That you have combined some of these things that you've learned and that you're passionate about to do some things with that that have been very meaningful and productive. Can you share that with our listeners? What you're doing? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I do want to say like at Thanksgiving time, uh, you had a, a very good friend ask, um, what are you most grateful for? Mm-hmm. And it take, took me no time at all. And you know, Thanksgiving, everybody has your standard answers, but it took me no time at all to say I'm most grateful for my biggest heartache because they've turned me into who I am today. Yeah, and I wouldn't take any one of them back, as hard as that is to say. Um, right. So, yeah. the Cindy, that's, that's not denying the pain. Right. Absolutely. When you lost your child, when your husband died, the pain is real. Yeah. But it's yeah. also part of what has shaped you into who you are now and, and empowered you to do what you're doing now. Is that fair? 
that's very fair. Very fair. Um, and and one one other side note story I want to share. Um, when I've had people ask me like, how did you get through this? And I'm like, you just do. That used to be my answer. You just, do. <laughs> you just do, but that's not very fair because because it's not that easy, right? It's it's definitely not that easy. Mm -hmm. um, but a, about a week after my son passed away, I had one of my fellow coworkers at the hospital call me, and uh, she was like, "Cindy, I'm so sorry, you know." And I think she's calling to apologize about my son, and she says, "I'm so sorry to call you with this right now, but I'm struggling with something, and you're the only one I can think of to call." And it honestly like took me out of my darkness to, to look outside of myself and help somebody else uh -huh. and realize that there's still other people suffering out there. Even though mine might be different, it might seem worse, it might seem heavier, whatever, right. other people are still suffering. So to look outside of yourself and help somebody else is, is what it's all about. Uh -huh. um, so yeah, I I have I've combined a lot of my passions and a lot of my lessons and turned that into something positive. And I have a five hundred one c three nonprofit, Homes for Hearts. Homes and for Hearts. Homes for Hearts. Yes, yes. I like and, the sound of this. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, and that is about um, helping helping people get into homes, and we have a broad spectrum of people we help. Um, uh, community service workers, volunteers, single moms, foster and adoptive families, first responders, um, all these people that are selfless, that, that go outside themselves to, you know, help the community and, and help families. So, so that's the bulk of what we do. And then we also take on uh, community projects annually. And we just completed the Giving House Project, um, where we subsidized, we rehabbed and subsidized a home for a family in need in the community. And that was an amazing, an amazing project with a bit of a heartache in there as well. Um, we were about nine months in, already behind schedule and over budget. And um, the workers showed up one day and some kids had gotten in there and just vandalized the entire thing. And, and that was very devastating for me when I got the call. I'm driving to, they're like, Cindy, it's bad. It's really bad. And one, we were about three weeks from completion and we were about $60,000 into this and, and, um, a lot anyway. So when I got the call and I'm driving out, I'm like, I felt the same as I felt because this was my heart. This was my passion. Mm -hmm. Um, we were doing good for somebody and I couldn't imagine somebody would want to come in and destroy that. So I, I, that I've said, and I don't say this lightly, as I was driving out to to the house to see the damage, I felt like I was going to identify a dead body. And that's big for me because I had to do that. Um, yeah. And the, the amazing part of that was um, because of sens sensationalism news, they had, it was all over it was all over the news and the community came out and drove to help repair and and make it uh, even better than it was before. So we were able to complete the project a few more months wow. behind, a few more months behind schedule, but um, it's a beautiful home and it went to the most perfect family. Um, so, so that's amazing. And we're working, we're partnering with some, uh, another nonprofit and we're going to do some humanitarian missions and build some homes for some single moms. Um, wow. That's in the works. 
And then another big piece of what I do is my podcast called Finding the Fire. And what um, we do there is we just share our stories and, and show that you're not alone, um, that we can get through hard things and, um, and just burn down those walls of separation, essentially. Like we feel like we're all alone. Like when I remember after I lost my son, I went to a group, a mom's group that had lost babies and um, these women were just so devastated and so upset. And some of them were, you know, a couple of years out and they said they would go to the, the gravesite every day and just cry every day, every day, every day. And I looked at them, I'm like, I can't be two years out this and still be every day at the cemetery crying I have to find a bigger purpose so so that's what I've done is just look outside myself and see where I can help other people and even you know even it doesn't have to be something so big either you know it can be something small like I know if I'm having a really bad day and feeling really down that I'm like I wish somebody would reach out to me or or uh, bring me flowers and cheer me up. And I'm like, hey, nobody knows that I'm going through this. So why don't I go do that for somebody else? And oh, that cheers brilliant. me up. Yeah. And honestly, uh, it, Cindy, it, that, <laughs> I got to I got to push the pause button right here for just a minute because, <laughs> wow, that's powerful. What you just said. And I love the analogy of finding the fire. Fire can consume and destroy. Fire can also empower and lift. And there's going to be fires that happen yes, in your life, but you also have a fire inside of you somewhere. Yes. And, and what you just shared was so powerful because sometimes we want something. Well, that's a clue to what you can provide for somebody else. Absolutely. You picked up on that. That was awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And you know, we do, we do other things as well. Like I do uh, workshops where we talk about these kind of things and, mm -hmm. and um, we have fun with them as well as share our stories. So we like to do uh, glow parties because that's fun and have glow sticks. And I have an analogy of, of this perfect glow stick that, you know, how, how do you get the glow stick to light up, Dr. Paul? You have to break it. Basically. Right. You have to break it in order to get to the, the light inside. Right. So if we're uh, if we're this perfect human and we never have any trials and we never have any hardships, our true light and our true purpose and our true meaning never comes out. Hmm. So, yeah, we I, I don't know. It's just something that's helped me. And and if I can help one other person out there, then then that's my my goal. And um, I knew just putting we, a voice behind. I knew that we'd get there, Cindy, just knowing who you are and what you're doing. That, and I love this analogy of the, the glow stick to, to bring out the light. You've got to break it. And how many of us, how many of us listening to this episode today are feeling a little broken? By whatever Probably every one of us. Right? I yeah. I think and that's it. A safe assumption. Assume that people are feeling a little broken. Absolutely. I heard an analogy the other day, and I love it. And it said, you know, just just assume everybody else, everybody is in crisis mode, and you'll be fine. Because imagine that car that's cutting you off, and you're you're angry because that car cut you off. And what if they're on the way to the ER because 
something happened to a family member, you know, just yeah. always assume best intent and always assume somebody else is in crisis mode and you're going to be fine. And you don't have to take that on personally that somebody cut you off and now you're right. a second late, you know, it's, you know, what, so outside you yourself. you're wrong. You're still in a better position. Absolutely. Making Absolutely. that assumption. Oh. Yeah, Cause you're not hurting anybody else but yourself. If you carry that anger. So you might as well just, assume the best in everybody around you this is is beautiful and i think the message is powerful tell us a little more about where we can find your podcast what we can uh, benefit from on that front perfect so um our podcast is everywhere anywhere you listen to your podcast it's finding the fire finding um, the fire finding the fire we're also on facebook um and finding the if you go there, you'll see our glow parties and our workshops we do. Um, and then as far as the nonprofit, if you want to get involved in that, it's involvecommunity.com. And we will share on there anything that we have going on in the community, um, any projects we have going on, and anywhere that you can come out and help. You know, a couple, a couple things that happened after the vandalism of the Giving House, the very first person that showed up, he came on a bicycle and he said his, his, he was on parole. He was just barely out of jail for addiction uh, of drugs. And his parole officer told him if he could volunteer and help somebody else, that that fills the same dopamine receptors as the addiction. And, and so mm -hmm. he was the first one. And he was there every day and it was amazing to have him there and to have him share that with us. Um, it really, really stood out and touched my heart. And then a yes. couple other people said, you know, thank you for letting us help you with this. And I'm like, what do you mean? Thank you. No, thank you. Or thank me. Thank you. You're the ones who came and helped me. And they're like, no, you don't understand. People want a reason to be a good human. You gave us that reason. Yeah. And that really stuck out with me because I think that's so true. Like we all want to be good humans, but we're told one thing and we're fed something from media. And, you know, we kind of put our walls up and our barriers because we're afraid of, of the boogeyman that we're told to be afraid of, which really, you know, all we are is love once you get beyond all the layers. And yeah. Oh, that's you know. a beautiful message. Cindy, thank you so much for your contributions here today. And Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I've, uh, I want to repeat what you put out there. Finding the Fire, that's the name of the podcast. Yes. Cindy, spelled C-Y-N-D-E-E, -E, Jacobson is the host of that podcast and has been our guest here on the show today. You can find out more about her 501c3 and how to get involved in your community. Involvecommunity.com. Did I get that right? You did, yes. <laughs> And you're also on Facebook and at findingthefire.com. Folks, I hope you to reach out to, to Cindy and connect with what she's doing. And mostly take what you've heard here today and ask yourself, how can I find the fire inside of me and not let it consume me, but drive me to something productive like you've done? Thank you again, Cindy, for being here. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Folks, you've heard it. It's now time to go apply it. Let's all go live on purpose.